Groaning Geeks, welcome to another episode recap, episode 5 of Loki. Before we get too far into the episode, be sure to like this video, drop a comment once you feel like your point needs to be made at the bottom of the video itself, and if you aren't subscribed and someone who happened across the video because we want to be one of the very first groups to continue to do an episode breakdown the minute the show ends. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. We'll be more than happy to show you to all of our amazing content we have throughout the page. For today's panel, we have, as always, the man who's absolutely in love with Marvel, the band, the myth, Will Parker. How are we doing today, sir? Not bad, not bad. It's what, four in the morning? Yeah, I'm ready to get it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I am just your host, Brent. I'm just the technical guy who happened to be up, and I have West Coast time, so it's not even one o'clock my time, so... Happy to be here, happy to help out. All right, so before we get too far into things and start a whole bunch of spoilers, which there will be, so if you haven't seen the episode, click out now, come back later. What were your thoughts about the episode? Uh, I like the pacing of this episode. We kind of got to the point of what we're looking for, what what's going on, where we left off the last episode, and just everything's kind of starting to come full circle now, which which expected, you know, you know, five and six. Uh, so I like the way everything was going. I like the banter and so with that. Nothing was sat on too long, so with that, but it's enough just to give you, okay, this is how we're moving. This is how everything's transpiring up until this point. So I'm very happy with it. Love this episode that and can't wait to talk about what's going on in it. Yeah, because this episode, well, it wasn't as mind blowing as previous episode because i mean literally that minute that episode ended i'm like look we have to record now like there's nothing in the world that needs to stop this right now this episode was pretty good but it wasn't like your mind was absolutely destroyed there were a lot of easter eggs that you can actually catch upon first visit because i mean you and i literally just talking pre-show we're like yeah found this found that a couple good things here a couple good things there um they threw a lot of information at you but you're right the pacing was very very succinct it wasn't overwhelming but it wasn't too slow at the same time there's a lot of stuff happening but it happened at a pretty steady flow rate there wasn't anything that they didn't give you time to digest everything had time to properly marinate you know because we're all here groanings are all about marinating that chicken trying to make sure everything gets cooked everything gets done right and marvel has done a fantastic job of having another heavy hitting show that i know you were looking forward to. I don't know if our other two co-hosts were as excited for, but I'm happy the show has delivered to a lot of people, and Hiddleston's really showing his uh, acting chops throughout this show all the way through. Um, do you want to just start breaking down like scene by scene, or do you just want to stick to just the highlights? I mean, we. I don't think there's too much to go scene by scene. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty straightforward and stuff like that we you know loki's are the thing that seems to get pruned a lot about that so this world is full of loki's and there's other things that get pruned as well but loki's just have a a knack for surviving so sort of that so this is what we get to see we see you know loki's saw, in the void okay so there's a bunch of loki's and stuff just kind of hanging out and stuff like that and um i'm not gonna lie i was waiting for you know what was what was the whole president loki thing and stuff like that and i love that it was uh <laughs> pretty much a throwaway thing just to slap Marvel fans in the face like, oh, you know the comics? Who cares? We, yeah. we, this is the MCU. None of this has to be exactly the same. 
Exactly. And that's what I love about it. So it's just like they kind of gave us a little something here. It was nice to have and stuff like that. You know, just see how it's transpiring. But um, yeah, we get a look, you know, a, you know, another look into what we know Loki's for, which is betrayal and, you know, backstabbing and all that kind of stuff. So. Tons of mischief everywhere. I mean, we, you know, we get brought into this world. We have Hugh, Hugh, well, Richard Grant, sorry. I keep wanting to say Hugh Grant. Richard Grant's old version of Loki. We have Kid Loki, which I think that actor did a phenomenal job throughout the episode. I kept enjoying the way he delivered his lines and how he was very much Loki, but you could tell there was a lot of growing up that still needed to be done. I felt some kind of way about Boswell Loki. I just never really liked the character. Like, well, it was justified, so we're all good there. <laughs> Long story short, folks, uh, Boswell Loki ended up betraying all the Lokis first, just to find out that the other Lokis were ready to betray President Loki, and then all the Lokis tried killing each other. Loki's going to do what Loki's going to do. do. <laughs> it's like, the whole, th- whole time I was watching that entire scene, I was just like, hmm, Loki's going to do what a Loki's going to do, but you think at some point in time, someone would have been like, hey, time out. What if we all, you know, work together, try to do all this? But then again, wouldn't be the god of mischief if they all got along, you know? It'd be kind of uh, interesting. I thought the the weirdest thing that they mentioned, though, was they kind of did some backstory on, like, what happened to the Lokis to get them to this point in time and how Richard Grant's Loki survived Thanos, kind of drifted away, did wander the world, just kind of stood out on his own hung out by himself and then the minute he tries to rejoin civilization the tva showed up which that was that'd be very bizarre just to let all of that happen and then they're like all right what'd you do kid loki and kid loki's just literally just kind of looks at the camera he's like i killed thor you're just like damn i mean it is definitely something uh, interesting we're getting their backstories and understanding you know where they're coming from so like that you know whether it be alligator loki eating the wrong cat and so like that freaking to you know kid loki you know killing thor so like that which we did get a lo- uh, a thor cameo in this episode the, the little in the bottle yeah the uh, frog thor freaking <laughs> trying to get his hammer so that was that was very nice um but yeah i mean we got their backstories so like that but you know our main focus still sat on you know our loki and sylvie kind of going through and, and doing her things so about that and you know we started getting a taste more and more about you know what they're capable of whether it be sylvie's determination that's what that uh we know that you know she's got to focus she's trying to get to it and freaking you know with b13 she you know solidified that for us I mean, I don't think we needed it, but freaking, you know, I was happy to see her. Like, yeah, she was there. She's still alive. I thought it was B15. Um, B15, sorry. Uh, it's 4 a.m. Like, if yeah, there's no mistakes, it will be this show. We're going to have fun with this. I don't care. B15 explained freaking that, hey, she needs it. You want it. It's about that. And, it's and I think that there's something really important about that because we know about Ravona and stuff like that. And uh, she's a I think bad she's, woman. She's just a she's, bad she's, woman. She's leaning like, uh, I, and I didn't want to say it, like she's leaning towards becoming what it is because she, she keeps eliminating people. She wants to eliminate people, and so like that they're getting in her way, and so like that. Like her name is the Terminatrix, and so like that. So the fact that 
we know that she just keeps wanting to eliminate pro- people when they're causing the problems with that. It fits her name, so that so like her character is starting to get more and more fleshed out as far as, you know, her being in that zone. But you can see that she's always visibly worried, freaking trying to figure stuff out. And Miss Menace, of course, is just doing her bidding, and so that like Miss Menace is just look, Miss Menace is on my shit list too, freaking just because she's just complying. She's not trying to buck the trend. She's like, okay, whatever. I'm just yeah, I'm so, here. Uh, but yeah, so you know, we're starting to see Ravonna more so at that, and know that you know she's up to it. We know that she. She's in love with with Kang and stuff like that. So I mean, she could be trying to protect, you know, him or whoever he has that's running the show, doing this or whatever the case may be. If it's if it is him involved in this particular part, yeah, because we still haven't officially seen him. But there's so much speculation at this point. Like, this is as strongly as we felt about Mephisto. You think they're just gonna give us a whole another curveball yet again? Just be like, ah, you thought you gotta wait. And and this is where freaking uh, again like I've been reserved with that. Don't get me wrong, I, my theories don't stop. They still go the same way with that. I just kind of am keeping more to myself what's going on because I like surprises that Marvel's giving me. Freaking so like uh, Elias and so with that. I did not expect Elias to show up in Loki and so with that. Uh, I thought you know Elias would be referencing um, somewhere when Kang starts to show up so with that. That'd be Quantum is where Kang is supposed to have his debut. Yeah, so Eliath is freaking like a, a temporal freaking entity and so like that. It was one of the first ones to escape the time stream and so like that. Like it freed itself and basically it ruled everything outside of Kang's dominion and so like that. Freaking whatever Kang rules so like that, like it didn't fuck with, it didn't fuck with Kang's shit. But somewhere along the lines when, you know, again, spoilers to the comics with that, when Kang starts getting into shit and Ravona's got to take over some shit. So with that, like, that's when, you know, Elias starts causing problems, stuff like that. And it's a whole back and forth. But I'm not going to, you know, get into all of it with the comics with that. But it's just nice to see that this character is there. So with that, um, that it kind of sets up for more multiverse stuff like that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be anything else because it's kind of relegated to a guard dog, so to speak. So it's kind of like, I'm not mad at it, it's about that freaking because um alive in his own right, it's about that is a you know, a beastly, you know, creature so about that freaking but it'd be hard you know. to have a very compelling story as that as your main villain. Yeah, I mean it's not the smartest thing either, so about that like it's intelligence isn't freaking high. It's it, just, it sees food, it eats food. It's it yeah, doesn't think, oh no, this could be a trap, it's just food. So like I don't expect much out of it. So at that, so I'm happy with what I got. So at that, and happy that the reference was was made and put. So, you know, again, like we just got introduced this character, and who knows who we're gonna see next. Um, I mean, like out of all the Easter eggs we got as the episode progressed, they kept becoming more and more blatant. It was to the point where you're just like, okay, I know what that is, I know what that is, I know what that is. It was pretty interesting seeing how Mobius and Sylvie interacted because. As the episode went on, you're like, oh no, they're not going to get along, they're not going to get along, and literally I saw, we saw Sylvie literally prune herself to get to Loki, which in the whole Loki, how he thinks, how he goes about things, having him, or Sylvie as, you know, the female version of him, be willing to sacrifice herself in order to find him and try and, you know, get him back, speaks volumes about the bond that they have you know, this early on and 
as soon as I saw that little car with the little pizza logo at the top, which I kind of thought that was like um, Pizza Planet. I know, right? I, I thought the Toy same Story thing. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, what? I was, I was trying to figure it out. It was like like throwing some old school Toy Story references at it just to be like, hey, we, you know, we got you. You see some A113 in there somewhere. But like it, again, it sets up so like that. Again, Loki. It felt like it was uh, reminiscent of Romeo and Juliet. So like that freaking, you know. Um, this love thing that's not supposed well, to be. It's just Loki dangerous. watches his, his friend die. Mercutio dies. So like that freaking, uh, you know, so, you know, Mobius went down. So like that freaking, you know, he later died. And then Juliet freaking sees her. Her lover dead, and then she kills herself, so she prunes herself. So it's like a big reference there for me. And so that with Romeo and Juliet is I love literature. I'm a freaking comic book nerd, but it's all all literature. Period. I'm I'm all about it. So yeah, it, it's definitely uh, nice to see that they're going that route, and we see Loki and Sylvie's relationship, you know, build some more, and make some more progress, and stuff like that. So I mean, like, uh, how else would the god of mis- the gods of mischief? Because having a relationship together not be described as anything other than toxic and if i think a toxic relationship romeo and juliet's probably the literary pinnacle of toxic relationship because i mean all that was just it just you could smell the cat in the bag it was just there's a whole bunch of crazy on that and there was supposed to be none of it one was supposed to be over here one was supposed to be over here they were all up in the business doing all the wrong things Hulk called it. He said Loki's like a bag of cats. Smell crazy on him. So, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. But, like I said, everything worked out so like that. And, you know, having it get to the point where classic Loki is really displaying his freaking powers and stuff like that. To, like, what the hell was that? Was it like astral projection? He just. Okay. He literally projected freaking Asgard. All of Asgard. Just. And he would literally, as soon as the energy was about to be eaten, be like, suck it away. Pop up another one, suck it away. Pop up another one. He was just yeah, I mean, literally just showing off this absolute pinnacle of strength. That yeah, you're just like, there's no way a Loki is capable of pulling out this power. Like, if Thor did this, he'd be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But Loki? <laughs> Damn. They're putting a serious respect thread on him. And the fact that Sylvie and Tom Hiddleston had to come together in order to take control of a life and use their powers of enchantment which loki didn't even know he could do up until he you know held sylvie's hand and they open up this vortex and literally inside there's just a, a castle just there for no reason with what looks like a wizard's tower in the corner it's like mm-hmm. if, if you've seen any type of fantasy literature you know that's where all the business goes down. It's always the highest room in the tallest tower, which is also another Shrek reference. So, you know, crossing different kinds of threads there. But it, you know something's about to happen, and something huge is about to happen. They brought out a Chitauri uh, spaceship laying on the ground when they have all the Lokis on the hill before the battle with Goliath. You pointed out that they had Avengers Helicarry in the background. Yeah, it was Avengers oh. Tower in the background of the last episode with the with the cutscene. And it, so they did they when they panned in at the beginning of the episode, you could see that it was Avengers Tower. It was missing a couple letters, and that the where the Helicarry was supposed to land was literally a little bit limp. So it was definitely interesting there. Um, am I the only one that got that felt some type of way about Mobius's interaction, like his final 
interaction with Loki. No, I mean they got a good bromance going and stuff like that. Freaking, it's it's like a, a good developing friendship that they have. So like that, uh, I don't think Mobius, it like Mobius didn't need to be enchanted to be unlocked, so to speak. Like Mobius has been around for a while, so like that. So literally anything can happen with Mobius right now. So like that, freaking, he can still go one way or the other. So like that, so far, freaking, just by the the actor, I believe he's genuine in terms of. What he's trying to do, sort of that freaking, and he's got something for, you know, Ravona, sort of that. I think she's gonna escape and you know get back to Kang, and that's gonna Kang be like how they end the whole series. Yeah, something like that, freaking. But he'll start dismantling the TVA, or he'll like dismantle Miss Minutes, and you know, maybe we'll see him riding a jet ski or something. Who knows? He better be um, able to ride a jet ski. I mean, I don't really like Owen Wilson the actor, but I will say this show has kind of helped me be like, eh. He ain't bad, but I mean, he ain't gonna be my favorite. So, it it was nice. I felt very, very good for Loki that he was actually capable of making a friend. I mean, sure, he tried to backstab the friend, like, X number of times before we got to this point. But, now it's a genuine friendship, so Loki's not trying to stab people in the back. And having Loki's also interaction with Sylvie, I thought was very very telling of literally they finally had the heart to heart where she just turned and was blunt with him which Loki's aren't exactly known for being blunt she's like they're not known for being at a loss of words either because that shit was funny (laughs) yeah because she was just like in the end how do I know you're not gonna you know betray me and Loki opens up and is like I've stabbed everybody in the back for as long as I've ever been alive but I'm never going to do that to you. And you're just like, a lesser man would have cried. You felt I mean, he don't really stab himself in the back. Like, so he's always got his best interests at heart and that's him. So I believe him. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be a nice little relationship, but is there anything else that was super, super pressing with this episode? This one was very straightforward. I think if we did a scene by scene, it would be almost just doing a disservice. I'd just say, watch the episode yourselves. We're just yeah. trying to talk about the main highlights and get the actual points across. Now, um, no, I mean, I think everything is pretty solid so with that. Uh, there's something I want to see if it comes true next episodes. Uh, somebody freaking, uh, I believe her name, She Loves Marvel, pointed out something I sent you earlier so with that about the color scheme. I'm not going to get too much into it, but look at the color scheme for each episode and stuff like that. And then we'll talk about it in the the sixth episode and see if it comes to fruition. Um, but yeah, but other than that, freaking, I'm I'm good. It was a solid episode, stuff like that, and a great setup for you know that ominous what's next. What is she, my high school English teacher? Sheesh, because there's always like when we were reading, I think it was a streetcar named Desire. It was supposed to be like you're supposed to read through like all the symbolism and all that. And it's just like I see a car. I think a car. I'm not one of those people who are very smart like she apparently is where she can see a color and have it translated to like a pattern for th- or a theme for the next episode. But uh, looking for that next theme for the episode, what are you specifically looking forward to? What questions do you want answered or addressed in some manner? I mean, I'm actually, I'm not even looking for a conclusion with Loki and so that I'm really not. Uh, I'm looking forward to still be left open-ended. Like, I think that 
we may get through there and there may be, you know, some, some scuffles, some fights and stuff in there. And we get a, uh, we get a whole princesses in another castle type deal. And so <laughs> that, um, it could be anything I say, it could be Kang in there. It could be one of many Kangs. If they do the council of cross time Kangs and stuff like that, freaking Tempest could be in there and stuff like that. Freaking like, and that's a, a, a monolithic warrior that's freaking, you know, uh, used for something else. Uh, I mean, there's there's different things that could be going on. Doctor Doom. <laughs> that freaking everything you know. but what I said, folks. Like what he said makes sense. I'm just excited to see Doctor Doom at some point. Ever since we had our top five discussions about best villains, I've been on one about that particular character. Um, for me, I'm just looking forward to some type of arc where. A, I get my uh, Crocodile Loki plush. Still all about that. That won't change. Uh, he earned a lot of respect biting that person's hand off in this episode. And I know that's that's the kind of frame you need. You talk shit, you lose a hand. Like that, if that's not the type of friends you have, those are the type of friends you need to go get. And on top of that, I just need some kind of... Look, Sylvie and Loki just need a kiss already. Like, I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. I know they're building the moment perfectly, but at this point I'm shipping that relationship to the point like if one of them dies, I will actually be kind of upset about what happens. But knowing Marvel, anything's possible and whatever ending they go to, if they like kill her off or whatever, and then like all of season two of Loki is him trying to get her back, I won't be all that mad at it, so. There's a lot of good stuff. Probably the reverse. Like he just gets axed and she has to go save him. I'm totally fine for Sylvie getting her own show. That the actress has done a phenomenal job. Sophia DiMartino has done great things throughout this show. And uh, Richard Grant was pretty phenomenal throughout the episode as well. He had a lot of charisma and a lot of poise with the way he delivered everything. But that's all the time we got for today, folks. Thank you for checking out the video. Be sure to drop a like. If you aren't subscribed to the page, be sure to do so as we will continue to do breakdowns for all the major shows coming out, all the uh, major Marvel movies, all the major Marvel releases on the trailers. We'll be covering DC when we got Titans Season 3 right around the corner. When Witcher drops, we'll be right on top of that. When more Star Wars stuff, we'll be on the scene for that. What I'm trying to say is we're on the ball, we're on point, and we will always deliver you the best content that we can possibly give you. So be sure if you see anything or there's anything particularly you want to talk about, drop in the comments. We'll talk back along with you and we'll let you know just what we what we thought about your thoughts in the comment section. For today's episode, I've been Brent and the man, the myth, the marvel, the comic head himself, Will Parker, has been tagging along for the ride. Anything else you'd like to say to folks today, Will? Black Widow drops tomorrow. Here we go. Thank you for listening to Grone Geeks on your preferred streaming service. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and YouTube, both under Grone Geeks.